Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, an insider perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. This is your co-host, Eric Francis. And I'm Chris Tomorrow with Sublime Exposure. And we are here with Dr. K from Hopewell Health Solutions, who is a licensed psychologist and entrepreneur. How are you doing, Dr. K? I'm great. I'm happy to be here today. Nice, nice. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to be talking about how, what, what, how, how you're going to, you know, do uh, psychotherapy on us right now and how you're going to tell us how entrepreneurs are crazy and all that kind of stuff or what? Yeah, we can start there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think that's a... <laughs> you have to be a little bit touched to be an entrepreneur for sure. <laughs> that's for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> so tell Absolutely. us, tell us what about, um, what, what are you doing to shake up this industry? What are you doing okay. to kind of, uh, what, what are you, what are you getting at right now? I'm disrupting a lot of stuff right okay. now. So, um, basically, I started off about three years ago um, opening up my private practice in Glastonbury in a rented space um, across the street from Two Hopewell, which right. is your favorite restaurant. Yeah. And, um, you know, the I, I had previous to that, I had spent three years thinking about um, how upset I was about the current model of psychotherapy. I think there's a lot of problems within the current model of psychotherapy. I felt like it wasn't actually helping people, that sometimes it was actually making problems worse. And it was all based around the um, client-therapist relationship, and it wasn't really moving people forward. And I had worked um, within institutions um, previous to opening up my own private practice. Everybody thought I was completely nuts to open up my own private practice, leaving a very secure job. I am a little bit nuts, so and I was ready to take that risk and to take it on and I really wanted to shake things up and start a different kind of therapy that was very homegrown for me. Um, this kind of therapy was actually something that had sort of been born out of a lot of difficult life experiences that I had gone through myself. I went through a very dark period where my son was very sick and I was actually extremely sick also. We were going back and forth um, from the hospital repeatedly for about two years and I really was in a bad place emotionally and it really rocked me to my core. From there, I started to really read a lot of um, things. I did a lot of intensive yoga. I worked with a yoga teacher. I really read up on a lot of mindfulness and Buddhism and really started thinking about how do people get better? What is the process of developing health? What, what kind of tools, how do you roll this out for people? What did I do that made things different? And really it comes down to no more talking and changing behaviors, right? Because it's easy to go in and talk about a whole lot of shit, right? Constantly and just talk, 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 talk. It's really, it's when the rubber meets the road when you start to actually change your behavior and you just bring it and you just start doing and becoming what you want to become. And you start taking those risks and you start growing. And um, so this was the process that I went through myself and I really felt like I rebuilt myself inside out and got really, really healthy. Um, my body got much healthier, thank God my son became healthier, and I really decided I wanted to start taking risks. I wanted to start developing things. I want people to, I, I know this is going to work. I felt it deep, deep down. So that's when I developed eye therapy, which is the brand of therapy we do in the office. So starting back at the beginning of the story, when I opened up, it was hugely successful, and I had to actually hire therapists regularly um, every couple months. I was not able to keep up with demand. And then about a year or so ago, I bought a um, six-bedroom house for practice. And now I have therapists that are embedded in different practices. I have some therapists embedded in corporations. And I'm always looking to hire new people. So it, there's that much of a demand. So this business is going great. But, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's look back a little bit. So what is it, what, what's like the problem within the industry, right? You talked about like client therapist relationship and yeah. that stuff. And I will have to say is that I've never, I don't, I don't have a therapist. Maybe okay. some people said I probably should have at some point in my life. Okay. I know, I know back <laughs> and, and, and again, well, first of all, let's say everybody goes through a tough period, right? Everybody right. has a low point. If somebody hasn't had a low point, it's like, it's right around the corner kind of a thing. Exactly. Like it's like, we all know those people who are, yep. you know, the, the, the A plus person and, and never have failed and then, 
right at, like last year in college, something happens, and then life falls apart, right? So, exactly. so, so everybody has those moments. Um, I know. I will say, like back in the high school days and everything, I, I know I shopped around to a couple of therapists. I probably could have gotten one, but again, it was there. I never meshed with one. Never, right. never actually interacted with one. Never felt comfortable with one or, or trustworthy, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, tell us what like the problem you're actually looking to solve, you know? Because I assume there's. Is there a shortage of a therapist? Is there, I mean, obviously mental health is a big deal. So right. go, go into a little bit of that, you know? Okay, so there, the problem that we're solving now with the second company is that, you know, people, there's a lot of different problems with the, the traditional model. There's the problem with the, the model itself, right, of traditional psychotherapy, where you just go in and you talk and rehash what happened in therapy, what happened the last week. And you sort of just develop a relationship with your therapist for the next 20 years. I believe that's unethical. Like, like, like it's one I, of the, so, so it's kind of one of the things where I go get uh, heartburn like medication. Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go, I go to heartburn medication. So how long am I going to be? And they're like the rest of your life. Right. You know. So, yeah, right. Right. Okay. Right. 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 I, I, I don't believe. I don't want to be somebody's professional friend. <laughs> yeah. I see myself as a consultant. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. I, I like you, but I, I really don't want people. At some to point, have, at some point, you shouldn't be coming back. Right. You should not be coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I do a good job. You're not coming back okay. to me. Yeah. So um, that's how I know I'm valuable, is that people are out there kicking it and doing great, yeah. and, and I really want to see people flourish. So I'm a consultant, and our people in my practice work as consultants. We give you the tools and the homework and the actions that have to be taken in the next week to grow the health. Mm-hmm. So you know, talking is talking to us is just one part of the development. The rubber meets the road is when you actually start doing things differently, okay. and um, that's that's the power of the therapy that we provide, and that is the drive that we have to get people going. Um, that's that's actually uh, very interesting. I actually uh, had a therapist at that point, and. Yeah. Um, you know, it, what you're saying actually rings very true. It was a lot of talking, and yeah. it wasn't a lot of directions. I was told how I should feel about myself and how I should feel about my issues, but I was never told, you know, you should take this action, you should do this, oh, you should yeah. do that. And and so that's actually very interesting for me, from my perspective, that to hear that, that because that's I always thought there should be something more. Absolutely. Well, did did, yeah. did like the therapist like again? Was it, is it like the accountability kind of a thing where Absolutely. it's like they're not actually holding you accountable to making the actionable steps? Right, right. And one of the problems is is that it becomes easy for the therapist, right? Because the person just comes in week after week and you just rehash, and you guys become friends. So, 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 there's some therapists that are phoning it in. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> they're just, they're just like, oh wow, I'm just talking with people I all can, day. I can tell you it happens. I can tell you it happens over and over yep. and over again because that's all I hear all day long in my office is people come in and tell me about their past experiences mm-hmm. and regularly say, I've never experienced therapy like this before. I've never been pushed. I've never had people tell me what I need to be doing, how I need to be mm-hmm. doing it. You know, really keeping me accountable for my behaviors and really moving me forward. So, so the therapy itself is entirely different. So, because we saw such an incredible impact on people's lives with this kind of therapy, I and people would would, would say to me, you know, you need to clone it. You need to like figure out a way to, you know, have a broader impact. So. Um, this is the online model that we are developing. This is the model that we're developing through Reset. This is the second company that we're developing as we speak. Um, so the second company is going to be a company that allows people to access the principles of this branded therapy and this action-based solution-focused therapy online through online education and master classes, online groups, and then also, you know, individual online therapy so that we can have a global impact and we can really shake things up. It's going to make therapy much more and coaching much more accessible. So because people can access a great therapist right from their home, you know, some people are not comfortable coming into the office or they yeah. can't make it into the office for whatever reason, we come to you. Um, and it's much more convenient. It's in the end going to be much more affordable because you're not going to need to be going to therapy for a long period of time. We're going to be moving you forward with multiple modalities, whether that's through video, 
um, master classes, homework, accountability measures, assessments. So it's going to be a suite of programs that we're going to provide. Nice, nice. So uh, I want to I want to kind of do two routes. One, yeah. I want to talk about your business now because okay. you said like eye therapy, right? I want to I want to go right. back to that and okay. how you're into the different things, and then because then I, and then at the end I want to talk about we were going with this company okay. because because obviously you're in reset, right? You're doing yes. the accelerator, so you're yep. taking steps. That I assume you've already talked about the customer discovery, right? Yes. And getting out yep. there. So so at the end we'll focus kind of on like okay. uh, on because you're looking for people, right, to be a part of this and give you more feedback yes, and everything. So absolutely. then we we'll go to that. So. Tell us a little bit about like, this eye therapy, because that, that was the interest, I don't know. Yeah, was, yeah. Like, that, was, that was what interests me. You said they're embedded with companies and yeah. and, and other therapists. Like, tell us a little bit yeah, about that, because so, I assume the platform based around what you're doing there, right? Right. Okay. So, um, some of the things that we're doing is I really believe in getting um, education and therapy to the people, getting on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting out of the office, which is why I'm here today yeah. also. So, you know, I really believe in sort of opening this stuff up and really having conversations and getting people thinking about um, how this can help them and, and really getting people to move forward. So um, we have established relationships with a number of medical offices in the area and in, in the broader greater Hartford area. And so our, some of our therapists are actually um, at those medical offices ready to meet with people um, as as patients come in, mm-hmm. and also to work with the doctors because doctors a lot of times may not know what to do with a patient you know that comes in and that has suicidality or depre- or a lot of depression or a kid who's having constant temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. And so if we can provide consultation to doctors who see maybe. Um, 50 patients a day, right? Yeah, with their um, 15 minutes or whatever, or 15 10 minutes. minutes yeah, and um, then you know we can get the information to them, and then they can then pass it on to their to their patients. Mm-hmm. So we also have a therapist that is currently working at Pratt and Whitney. So okay. she um, sees people right at Pratt and Whitney, which really again it's it's about making therapy more accessible to people and getting on the front lines of problems. So is it is it one of those things where it's the, okay? So doctor's office, right? Right. It, it they're technically the first place that people go. Absolutely. Or do, okay, so that's where they usually go, and then right. they, so traditional uh, the traditional models that do would would you get a lot of referrals from a doctor's office? Is that normally how it would work? And yeah. say, hey, this kid, yada yada yada, go see you know doctor Pay, right? right? Right. Okay. So so from you're saying is that if you're already coming to me, like we can hit him at the front lines, Absolutely. give him give him. Yeah. Three or four pages worth of information, these actionable steps, and then hopefully we can mitigate them coming to us every right. week for the next. Right, right. That's, also, that's fascinating. Yeah, and they don't have to wait a month for an appointment or something, right? Okay. So, um, you know, because I, I really believe people need help and they need it. I yeah. mean, if you think about all of the major mental health problems that have happened on, um, you know, Sandy Hook yeah. or any of these, you know, major problems or even people overdosing or committing yeah. suicide, um, you know, if people had gotten help at the very, you know, inception point, Mm -hmm. then we would have prevented a lot of these disasters. You know, the disasters happen because these problems have just festered for such a long period of time and then created a major disaster. Mm -hmm. So um, getting on the front lines and getting people thinking about mental health, how to treat it, what needs to happen exactly at that moment is very important. And also people are most motivated when they're in pain so that's the point to really help them right because yeah. then because let's say you're really depressed or something yeah. right and you go to the doctor's office and you kind of mentioned to the doctor you're depressed well you you're in a lot of pain you might then go home and start drinking right and the pain might then start waiting going. for your month appointment right, right. <laughs> you're, 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 you're like i'll just drink you myself away like, screw it right yeah. i'm gonna just start i you know i'm just gonna start drinking because that you know i have to wait so long for my appointment or mm-hmm. i don't really want to go into a therapist's office i'm intimidated by that process mm-hmm. so the idea of being able to be there and available to people at the um at the medical office visit is super important but then also when we have an online platform you know or an ability for people to call in or to Skype and do video chat sessions that's going to help as well because it really is about helping people when they need it and not having them have to wait a month or longer to get in to see somebody so so would you say uh, really the kind of cornerstones are uh, uh, accountability and accessibility here because um 
I mean, both of those just always seem like two of the biggest issues. You know, it's one thing for you to go talk to a therapist, but then you go home and do whatever it is that's making you feel worse. Uh, I, I had friends who would see therapists and then, you know, oh yeah, I told the doctor this, this, and this, and then they just go do the same destructive behaviors, and it's like, why? Why? You know, and it's just, well, I'm not seeing the therapist for a month again, you know, what's the big yeah. deal? Uh, so, I really just, uh, I'm really fascinated by, you know, this, it just seems like something that would have been, someone would have taken on before, and, you know. I would have thought so. Right? <laughs> you know, but it's been organically grown, you know, for me, so it, it yeah. really came out of, I think you have to experience some of what I experienced yep. to really be that motivated to really push it forward because it's been quite a push. So if any if any of you talk to anyone who knows me, they'll tell you that I'm a complete workaholic. <laughs> so um, I'm incredibly driven and passionate and um, on fire like on a regular basis because I know I know that this works and I know it makes people better. So and it take I think it takes that personal experience to create that kind of drive. Well, also, I mean, Dick said, so you, you talked about, about entrepreneurs and going through the battles of, of starting a business. I mean, that's depressing to a lot of people in general. Like, mm -hmm. we think it's it's fun yeah. <laughs> for, for some of us. But again, you need that drive and passion to get out of any big slump that you Absolutely. have. Any big kind of thing that you have, you have to be dedicated to the, to the work to make it happen. I mean, I mean, drug addiction or, you know, any any big major, you, you break a hip. You know what I'm saying? Getting depression can come from that. PTSD, right. the whole thing, right? So, I mean, you talk about something that at the end of the day, everybody needs to, to have a grip, you know, that has yeah. that kind of grip to, to move it forward. Um, so let's talk about the, the, the Pratt & Whitney kind of person. So yeah. is that in a scenario where they go to HR or your managers like, wow, this dude is, is, is stressing hard. Like, I, like, or I'm noticing something. Maybe he should yeah. go talk to somebody and somebody's there to say, you know, bring him off the ledge and say, listen, man, where you at? You know, exactly. you know, you're, you're really, you're really bummed out that you're not healthy and you got this and that. Well, go in the gym, walk, you know, walk two miles a day or, you know, like, is it, is it that kind of stuff? For, for yeah. I mean, and it also can be self-referrals. Yep. So, um, but certainly, yeah, we can field any kind of concerns that people are having. And again, you know, breaking down that sort of stigma or barrier is super important so that we're available right then and there um, for someone to come and talk to us, you know, and, and to follow up. And, um, you know, I just think, I just think that, the mental health piece has been a piece that's been so neglected for so long where people just feel like they need to deal with it themselves or it's not a big deal, it will go away. I think we're finally, finally as a society recognizing how important mental health is and how it drives everything else within our lives. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess what's, where is the state of mental health right now, right? Like, I mean, I, it, obviously we hear it now and I mean, you know, government problems, this guy's mental health problems, and this and that. So it's like, it's like, where is it right now? I mean, there's a lot of attention going into it. So is there a lot of other therapists like yourself that are, are, are in, in, not just in Connecticut, but other places that are, are doing the same kind of eye therapy kind of model? I mean, w w what's happening with that? So I think um, overall it's a pretty antiquated system, um, unfortunately. I, um, I can't say that there's a lot of new developments out in the field of psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take people like myself and um, other people to really... How often have you heard of someone being a mental health disruptor? <laughs> Never. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, really? Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to disrupt some shit. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Never heard of it, right? Yeah. So, um, it's prime for innovation. Um, I would say it has not been highly innovative um, previous to this, and I would say overall, I'm not sure what the APA stance would be on, on what I'm doing. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ask for forgiveness, right? <laughs> yeah. Please don't kick me out. But yeah. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, I guess so. One of the things too is that with social media, this whole thing, yeah. we're all connected now. I mean, a lot of people say that you know. It's, it's, let's, let's go, let's talk about a little election right now. It's like people are, are trolling the, the things people say online versus their, their actual lives. There's mental health kind of mixed up in all of that. I mean, everything that's going on, we could probably, I mean, I mean the line of this to that, right? So where does, where does social media play into it? Is it, is it something where 
you think it's been uh, exacerbated? Like, there's more things happening now? Will mental health is even more of an issue now because we're all connected? I mean, what do you think? Do you think, do you think the mean, level of anxiety has gone up or down since Trump's been elected? I mean, <laughs> it depends on who's you ask. Definitely going up. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm the, I'm, honestly, I have the, the, the mentality that his, his, the president doesn't affect my life. My okay. daily life on on as big There's as a lot of people who don't you, you, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah. it doesn't affect my life as much as people think. Right. I, my what my first selectman does, what my mayor does, what my governor does has more of an effect on me. Granted, not saying that those things don't matter and, and everything like that. I mean, also I'm in the, in the, in the book that either one. Sure, sure. Half a dozen to one, yeah, half a dozen to the other. Exactly. So so I guess like the just when it comes to social media, I mean, is that big piece of what you're doing I mean you're talking about online so you're talking Absolutely. about integrating with that I mean I mean talk a little bit about so yeah I think um, there's a couple things about social media I, I, I really believe that um, media can be used for good um, and we've actually been harnessing the power of social media to get our message out so we do live feeds on Facebook um, we do live um, tips and sort of give a lot of information and in articles through Twitter, Instagram, um, and also Facebook right now. So um, we're and we're able to reach a whole lot of people, and people are also able to go online and get a really good flavor of what it is that we're about and whether or not we're going to be a good fit for them. So absolutely, the flip side is of the ugly side. So I believe social media can be used for good. That's yeah. that's that's my thesis number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, feeds number two is social media can be very damaging, mm -hmm. you know, um, certainly at least one thing we see a lot of in the office is, um, kids coming in who have been bullied, um, via social media, Snapchat, these kind of things, um, Snapchat's really big with the, the younger yeah. kids, so, um, and really, you know, doing sustainable damage to these kids where they don't even want to go back to school again, so, uh, you know that's that's a huge piece, and also the um, the the false images of Facebook and um, Instagram and any any kind of social media that people get a perception. I really feel like on social media, people either put out stuff that's really really great, you know, like like it's like it's better than their life actually is. Or they put out like stuff that's like really, really bad and they, they're like a chronic complainer or victim, right? <laughs> so, you know, and like things are just in the toilet all the time with those people. So. I, yeah, and I just, I, just to speak to that, I manage a whole bunch of social media accounts. 100% agree yeah. <laughs> assessment because it's, it's just a, percep it's a perception, you know? Right. People put out what they want you to see. Or what's really depressing, and they want you to be depressed too. That's my my, my sister in law. She's like, "Hey, did you hear the terrible news today?" And I'm like, right. "I didn't need to, you know." <laughs> That's why I just I stick to posting pictures of my dog. Everybody right. loves dogs right. for the most part. Never get any negativity. I don't know. Most of, most of them are complaining that he's sitting on your head or something like that, or like or like you know. They're like, just <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and I mean, that, that's the big thing, right? I mean, these Instagram stars or all these kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, granted, you can make money doing that stuff. I mean, but there are the guys that Gary Vaynerchuk's talking about it. Right, the guy, right. He rented the Lamborghini. He, he went and got the fake cash. He put it right there. He's like, I'm sitting on the beach. I'm doing it. And then give it back to him. Right, right, <laughs> right. So it's not real. So I think that's the most yep. important thing that, you know, especially younger kids recognize that it's just a bunch of images that it doesn't have to do with real life and yeah. it's not it's not the real authentic piece of um real face-to-face -face communication or heart-to-heart -heart or soul-to-soul -soul communication yeah. which i really believe we, as a society we need to build more of um you know i think and i do think the social media fills a deep social connection need that we have um, yeah. as humans which will never go away, that we desperately want to be connected to people and we want to have deep social connections. So I think it falsely feeds that need um, to an extent. And I think um, people then, you know, walk around attached to their phones, addicted to this false social um, addiction, yeah. and really miss out on the eye-to-eye, face-to-face, um, emotional connection that, that we also deeply crave um, mm -hmm. in our lives.
I mean, at the end of the day, it's a dopamine drip, right? We're just hitting it, right? Every day, we're just hitting it. And and I mean, I mean, I mean, I I know it because I'm connected to my phone, and I, you know, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, When my when my girlfriend, I mean, the other night, you know, my my dog gets up at eleven o'clock, and you know, I do let her out, and she's out for ten minutes, and I walk to the front door, and I'm on my phone doing something, you know, doing something, and you know, obviously, the girlfriend says, "What? You can't even get off the radio?" And for me. it's always part of the business. I'm always just hustling, you know. Right, right. <laughs> just I know. checking the feed. That's part of being that. an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I always relate it to that. Maybe it's just to uh, to to give me a a good excuse for the dopamine drip. But right. I mean, it, it is real. I mean, it's definitely there. I mean, I remember Facebook when you have to you had to have the um, you know the college sign in. I remember it before then. I remember not oh, having internet. Yeah. I remember the whole thing. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have kids now, the 9-11 babies that are, which is crazy, you know, they're 16, they're coming in where they've never not known a world where you, you had that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, so it, it, yes, it's very interesting. I mean, are, are you noticing more with adults though? So that, that, I guess that's an interesting okay. part with kids, right? We mm-hmm. already see it and we, we kind of assume it's going to happen. I mean, bullying was always a part of, of life. Now it's just, you know, it can happen bigger and, you know, two or three pictures, bad pictures get spread across and just reach the whole town instead of just high school. But so what about with, with, with uh, adults? Because obviously, again, going back to the election, how yeah. everybody was just craziness. Like, it wasn't so... So how has it dealt with uh, with that? In terms of... Well, just in general. I mean, I mean now now like, I have a friend who's a divorce lawyer, right? Okay. And when and when he goes through that, Facebook pages are up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what's your password? What's your password? we got to see everything. You know, so it's just like, I feel like, you know, you, again, you talk about social media infecting the kids. But what about... Yeah. Have you seen any... The specific stuff about adults, like I mean. Well, I, I think adults get very. I think everybody gets very sucked into yeah. it, um, you know. But I do think so. I'm 47, so I'm a little older than you guys. Um, but I think people remember um, from our age group. We, we remember a little bit more about how people used to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I remember when I was in my college dorm. You know, at night there would be like eight girls all, you know, smushed together in a dorm room and we would sit there for four or five hours just talking, yeah. you know, and didn't have phones. The actual phones were rotary phones, you know, and that's... But now, I mean, that still happens. There's eight girls just sitting around on their phones, right? On <laughs> their phones, right. So this is like a weird, this is a weird place for somebody like myself because I remember how things used to be and um, even within session I will have people that have multiple phones laid out on the couch while they're talking to me and they'll be going off and getting messages like people have three or four phones you know um, I obviously see some people that are extremely busy so, or just have burner phones. Right. <laughs> 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 That's an interesting clients there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dr. Saul over there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I sort of feel like we're sort of the crossover generation where we've sort of had both. And my concern is, and what, what I see with a lot of the 20-year-olds or then even the, the teenagers, is um, a sort of lack of soft skills. Mm-hmm. So a lack of being able to communicate, a lack of being able to work through conflicts, mm-hmm. um, you know, effectively, being really afraid and conflict averse, um, and like even like breaking up on the by texting. I mean, which oh, is yeah, totally yeah. bizarre to me, um, <laughs> you know. But I guess it's, it's common play, right? Um, so, you know. And I, we will even have clients who come in and they will say, you know, I'm afraid of coming in the office. I'm very anxious coming in the office. I really just want to have text therapy. I really just want, like, they don't even want to come in the office. Like, there, there's the amount of social anxiety among 20 and 30-year-olds is through the roof. Really? Yeah. So I guess, is that, from your perspective, is that even healthy? Like, so they say, let me, let me, let me do text therapy. You're like, all right, like, makes it easier for me. (laughs) I don't like doing that. Um, And actually, the last couple people who asked me to do that, I I didn't do that because I I really need a face-to-face with somebody. I need to make sure that they're okay. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable being able to assess somebody just via text. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at least I would want to do a video chat and, and be able to sort of look at that person in the eyes and, and really be able to ask some questions to be able to assess what's going on with that person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but it's, 
it's very interesting because I really feel like as a society, we're, we're losing a lot of those, those social skills. And even when you meet people from other countries, like from Europe, you'll notice sort of the warmth and the um, amount of connection and the way they talk to you. Do you guys, have you guys ever experienced that? Like when yeah. you meet somebody from another country that maybe hasn't been, um, hasn't had that much social media exposure yet or, or isn't like tech addicted. Um, I don't know. I know. I know some people from overseas that are. Just well, it's, I guess it depends. It depends who you're who you're talking to. So actually, I I, I get what you're saying, but it's not that they're from Europe. I have some friends who, are growing up, were on the poorer side of the equation. So okay. texting, computers, all that stuff that just basically didn't exist in their lives. And I, I I've certainly noticed with some of my uh, uh, more better, well off, more better, bleh, wealthier friends yeah. that. Uh, they sometimes have a whole hard time holding a conversation, whereas my friends who grew up with less means, you know, I can talk to them because that's all they had growing up was talking. They didn't right. have anything to distract them. So I, I do I do actually kind of get what you're saying there. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. I'm just saying I definitely know some people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely depends. Like, I'm, I'm thinking of more people from, like, South America or Latin oh, America, yeah. you know, um, which is where a lot of my friends have come from, so... Um, you know, you know, who just did not grow up, you know, yeah. behind computers and, and just have a different way of relating and really, really value social connections. Um, so I just think it's something we have to be very wary of and it's something that we need to build an awareness around and actually, um, you know, there's a high need and, and we are doing some corporate training and also coming in and working with some universities for development of soft skills because um, it's something that everybody needs, but we're getting further away, and you're actually getting to the point where you actually have to teach people these skills again. For, yes, and, and that's 100%. Um, and just coming from a person who, I believe, my soft skills are probably the better things that I have. Yes, instead of, you know, not, yep. it is, is You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try, right? Uh, but no, it's, it's huge. I mean, that's what I look for in, in somebody. Yep. I mean. I always think of the United States and the why why we are so great is because of our soft skills kind of stuff. Because we could help, we could bring things together. You know, yeah. people with soft skills are the guys who can, you know, make it happen, right? right. Can talk and can, can kind of see through the bulk, uh, kind of that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it is. It's one hundred percent. I mean, I could see it. I've seen it going from high school to college, even the people that I I grew up with, kind of a thing. And, and so you can see that the soft skills dwindling. You know, yeah. the, the conversations get shorter. The different things that are focused on are, are more more. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you know, it's like the things that are just not, um, um, you know, you don't need to talk about. So, um, so anyway, so 100. You know, th things are yeah. uh, things are weird right now. Yeah, but so <laughs> <laughs> understatement of the millennium. Yeah, yeah, right. Understatement. Simpsons is coming true. Like it's just like. Great. But, <laughs> um, but you know, we're talking about social media. You know. Uh, you're saying that you also believe it could be a force for good, and Absolutely. you know, kind of to bring it back to you know what you were talking about before, using social media to kind of uh, make uh, like make your services more accessible. Right. And you know, I understand you know with the uh, skyping and with these uh, you know using other methods to reach people. Uh, what are you using maybe to keep hold them accountable? Is there, yeah. are, is there any technology or social media or anything that you're using to actually make sure that people are following through? with what they need to do? So that's part of the second company. Yeah. Because um, there's, you know, right now in the office, we are doing some um, assessments for, you know, keeping people accountable. And certainly um, the therapists all have their different measures that they use to help people keep people accountable. With the online therapy, with the online model, the online platform that we're developing, there will be accountability, accountability measures built in to collect data. It's a little bit more difficult with um, HIPAA compliance. With some of the, yeah. You can't use social media to collect data. Um, so but when we go to a coaching model, we're able to have a lot other broadens what we're able to do and how we're able to really collect data and, and really show progress being made. It's going to change a lot of things for us. So when you say collect data through social media, that means like actually them sending you like a Facebook message with the data? Or right, like, or just even being able to post data in terms of, or you know, taking um, we're, we're developing an app to collect data for accountability measures, mm -hmm. so we would be able to sort of 
post without people's names, obviously, but what, you know, how effective we were able to be and what sort of the measures are and those kinds of things. So, um, right now, you, you can't do that because of the counseling for yeah. the law. Okay. So, uh, you, you mentioned that you're in the Reset Accelerator. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about that, why you're going into it, and and maybe get into a little bit about, like, you know, you're a business owner, you've been out for three years, like, is Connecticut the place to be? Is it not? I mean, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, Reset has been amazing um, for me because I didn't even know it existed. I really feel like Reset has helped to level the playing field for me coming in to the business um, because I, no one in my family has ever owned their own business. No one has ever been an entrepreneur. I really don't have a lot of networks or connections to people in the business world. So I was at a major loss. And so my first therapy business was completely just built on gut instinct alone. Um, very successful, but definitely never taken a business class. Yeah. No idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Didn't know anything about QuickBooks. So. We, we don't necessarily recommend this method. <laughs> I don't recommend the method. But you learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah. So um, Reset has been wonderful in terms of setting me up with mentors and networks and the knowledge to really help move um, you know, the baby forward. And I also tell people that um, I feel like the process of having been an entrepreneur is a lot like having a baby. I have two human children, and I have a third child that's my company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so the, it's, it's just constant, especially with the second company, because what we're going into is technology-based, mm -hmm. and I am somewhat... Um, I know some things about technology, but I certainly do not know how to code, don't know how to build a platform. Yep. So Rotary phones. <laughs> yes, I know a lot about how to dial rotary phones. Um, so it's been a really a little bit of a, a, a crazy process. Um, so, but Reset has really helped with just a lot of mentoring and networks and all of that. I feel like Connecticut is probably a pretty good place. I don't really have anything to compare to. Um, I would say people are very open and nice within the Reset community, and um, everybody says, you know, contact me whenever you want to, and they certainly pull in people from New York um, on a regular basis, so some really heavy hitters like Jay Skyler Fernandez, yeah. who was just off the charts phenomenal, um, came in this past weekend. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's probably a pretty good place. I, I do... It's amazing to me how many different kinds of innovations are up in Connecticut because everybody within our program at Reset hits on a different sector. Yeah. Um, and nobody has, of course, ever been in the mental health space or coaching space um, the way I am. So they're sort of at a little bit of a loss in terms of exactly where to put me and what to do. But that's a good problem to yeah. have because there's obviously a big problem to solve there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. So, so I guess. So I guess. Um, so, how long? How? What, what week is it for the, for the accelerator? For the, we just did summit two. Summit two. Yeah. And so, what is there? Four or five summits? There's four summits, I think, and then there's the venture showcase in May. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So where? So obviously you're doing the lean startup, right? Right. Yeah, doing the, the lean seed bank. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So customer discovery, right? What are you looking for now? Where Where are you at? I mean, obviously you're always looking for new clients, I presume, right? Or do, I mean, again, this is HIPAA, this is kind of stuff, is like, do you need a cohort of 30 people to go through and, like, be your test patients to, to go through this first, or, or what? Like, how do you do it? Is it, is, do you need the clients before you build a platform, or do you have a platform before you get the clients? So, we're kind of doing it at the same time. Um, we're doing some customer discovery in terms of asking our patients what it is that they need um, mm -hmm. in the office and what they would like us to do more of. So, we're asking for some very broad feedback. And then we're currently working on our MVP, which is going to be a um, segment of one of our master classes, which is actually um, called Connected Communication, which is about okay. development of soft skills. <laughs> very timely. Yeah, very timely. So, um, and there's going to be a big body language component. I'm a, I'm a big believer That's in That's body right. language mm -hmm. um, because it, it really, there's a whole science behind it. 
and I also feel like it's very behavioral, which I absolutely love because I love yeah. I love what people actually do what they say they're going to do, and you know exemplify that in their behavior and their body. So, um, so I bring people through different kinds of poses, and we talk about how to develop that, and you know how to how to really connect with people, whether it's a networking event or you're speaking to your boss or you're speaking to your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Communication, I feel like, is something we do very, very well um, as a psychologist. So I feel like that's a real natural fit for us to, to do that. So we are developing this master class, and then we will be, um, you know, broadcasting the master class at Reset, but then and then getting feedback there, and then also within our um, practice. Right now, we have about 1,500 patients. So we have a pretty good patient base to roll things out and to test things with them. And we are also rolling out some telehealth groups. So we're going to be doing um, Mind Over Food, which is a weight loss um, group. I couldn't use that one. Based, really? <laughs> you don't look like it. Not what anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, I just see, you should see a picture of me. <laughs> yeah, I right, know. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. And I just started running. I still eat like a bad guy. <laughs> so, oh, okay. I, I'm a, I'm a fast-moving dumpster, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a visual. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it's all about the mind. So one thing I want you to just think about for a minute. Um, so I'm so inspired by Kevin Plank from Under Armour. Okay, yeah. I, I think he's, he's super cool, and I, I love his level of innovation and, and how he thinks about things creatively. And um, he was quoted as saying, you know, he feels like it's a shame that people know more about their cars than they do about their bodies. Okay. Well, I'm awesome, ready to up that. I actually don't know a lot about my car. With Kevin Plank and say, I think it's a shame that people know more about their bodies than they know about their minds. Mm. Yep. Right? That's a little Sun Tzu Art of War stuff. Yeah. 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 Taking it down. Yeah. 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 Well, well, and then, so I'll, I'll go to that. Which mind are you talking about? Because I'll say that they say the gut is, has right. more nerve endings than the second yeah. brain, right? Well, and also so 90% like, of the serotonin is in your gut. So exactly. actually there's um, very strong mind-body, um, mind-gut connection. Huh. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, no. And like, that's why, that's why, I mean, like in um, antibiotics, you know, you, you take some strong antibiotics, they, they, mess, they mess your gut floor up and you're done. I mean, you, I mean, it's big. It's a lot of people don't realize how big your stomach you know, it, it affects everything. And, and then we go like, to sugar, right? Eight, well, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and how that actually has mental health consequences yep. behind um, sugar well, and eating for Yeah, and it goes back to the thing where, you know, uh, um, I go to the, the, the doctor and ask about um, about uh, heartburn. They say, well, here's the pill here to go. And I go, right. you didn't even ask me what I eat on a daily basis. Right. You right. know, and then, right. you like, that's the first thing you do. So that's right. like, okay, I woke up every morning, had a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Right. Probably not the best. Right. Right. And then I eat a lot of pasta, a lot of, you know, and then, so you, you cut out the cigarette, you cut out the, this, you cut out that, and you feel better. Like, you know, and it's yeah. so, and it's one of those things where, again, I was, I mean, I was, it was debilitated. You know, the amount of acid reflux I had and everything. And again, that goes back to the mindfulness thing, too, right? Right. It's not, you have to ask that other question. It's not to say, here's the pill, here's the magic cure all. It's okay. First of all, it's going to be a long road. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. You know, right? Right. So, so yeah, it's, it's well. I can tell you a personal story about that. So I actually have two chronic illnesses myself. I have ulcerative colitis, which is yep. very debilitating, and I have IBS. Okay. And um, when I was around 25, the doctors told me that I probably wasn't going to be able to have children, and that I was going to be on a bag for the rest of my yep. life. And I said. But I probably cried for about a month before I got to the fuck you part. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that's, you know, and I had multiple doctors tell me that because that, the level of ulcerative colitis yeah. was so debilitating for me. Been on multiple medications, um, very, very sick for a good portion of my life. So, and that really brought me, and, and also feeling depressed along with it, and very anxious. I mean, the whole thing was just a, you know, a, a storm yeah. of um, difficulty. So, um, it really brought me to places in terms of seeking out alternatives, and I had had G, many GI doctors, actually, every single GI doctor I went to said, it doesn't matter what you eat. Really? Okay, so, I don't have an MD, but 
I do think anybody with half a brain would think that right. a GI issue would have something to do with what you eat. It's everything about yeah. it. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's like one of those things where it, it seems obvious, right? Right. It's, a, it's an right. obvious. Are you serious? Like... Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, you know, that was, again, that's been fire from my, you know, fuel from my fire, right? That sort of, like, this doesn't make any sense to me, and I know people are getting the same advice. So, we got to shake up the system, because yeah. this is just crazy making. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so I, I sought out alternatives, I sought out naturopaths, I sought out, you know, a lot of literature, and I also have read all of those books about the yeah. second brain, so <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very aware of that. And really building my system back up again, yeah. you know, and um, it is very much this where people need to start listening to the advice that they're being given from the medical community and deciding for themselves, is this correct or not? Yeah. Does this make sense to me or not? Um, you know, and then really seeking alternatives, you know, and I would say one of the things that's important that comes up a lot is now pain. You know, and the amount of chronic pain or PTSD, and do you really want to be on an opiate? Mm -hmm. You know, would it be a better idea to maybe seek out medical marijuana, to seek out counseling, yeah. to seek out other alternatives first? You know, and people should really start asking some of these questions of their doctors, and because it, the person has an MD behind their name, yeah. doesn't mean that you're getting good advice. You really need to listen to it, you need to research it, and you need to sit down with that and really try to figure out if that, if that makes sense to you or not. Yeah. And, and, and again, I would assume that there's those exact same kind of questions in, in the, the therapeutic realm where it's like, you know, they, uh, people basically like, you know, it is your friends. Like it is the people around you, you know, they're not, they're not talking about, um, you know, again, it's, it's not the food, right? right? It doesn't matter about the food. Well, it actually does matter who you spend all your time around, right? Right. It, like, right. so that's going to your mental health can be attributed to that or your mental right. health can be attributed to X, Y, and Z. So, what are we getting? Fire drill? No, the fire alarm's on. I mean, unless we're the only one without a working one. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm hoping not. Yes. We're on the 29th floor here. Yeah, yeah. That's a no, long so, walk. So, again, you're 100%. Again, it, it, you got a question, the, the person gave you the advice, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things. It, yeah. It, you, got, you got to do it. And you got to follow your gut. If you don't feel easy about it, or, you know, if you feel uneasy about it, you got you got to you gotta bring it up, right? Right. Because, again, again, for me, I again not a therapist, but the the uh, acid reflux. It's like I said no. I said mm -hmm. I'll I'll take my chances and I'll. And then I did the research. That's I did right. the, the kind of a thing. So um, I presume that's kind of one of the things that this platform will help solve too, right? Is, is kind of getting people to have have the data and then ask the questions and that's then right. move forward with it, right? And also presenting people with a lot of data up front. Mm -hmm. So a lot of free content, um, you know, a lot of blogs and articles and um, visuals and videos so that people can really see. One of the biggest problems is, is that people don't understand who their therapist is, you know. It's this very nebulous, nebulous space, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, you sort of search for somebody online. There may be a random picture of that person or some kind of quick write-up. You have no heart and soul of, of who this person is. And I always say, like, you should be as comfortable with your therapist as you are with your gynecologist, right? You should be just, like, ready to just completely, yeah. you know, feel very naked and vulnerable in front of this person. I cannot relate. Yeah, I, 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 so, so basically you just told us not so to ever get a therapist. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly what goes on as they go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Basically you just said, don't, we, we shouldn't get therapists. We, we just can't relate. So, I mean, I really feel like it's to everyone's benefit to have a lot of information about that therapist, to have videos up, to have really good content that's been posted by that therapist to really make sure you get that therapist-client match. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things that we're developing on the um, online platform is um, a coach-to-client match um, profile, which is going to be a match.com yeah. for um, coaches-to-clients, so, but non-dating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's in the profile issue. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
You don't want to get into that mess. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. That's a big legal pun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a legal office, I want to make sure that that's very yeah. clear. You, 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 don't, you don't want to cause more problems. Right, no. So Dave actually uh, missed today because he has a flat tire, but he's his uh, legal counsel, and I can already hear him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like, I'm waiting for him to pop in the door. Like, yeah. Came all the way down here. <laughs> all right, nice. So it seems like obviously you're shaking stuff up. You're you're, you're trying to make a, an impact. Um, this, this is awesome. Uh, obviously, again, we need it, right? Mental health, big thing right now. Yeah. Um, we need, you know, stagnant industry. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, things that could happen but aren't happening. Right. Right. So, um, right. so yeah. So I guess um, accelerator, right? You're going to be done in what? May. Two, May. Yeah. Nice. And then so after that, hopefully, we'll see the MVP. We'll, we'll start oh, you're seeing. You're going to see the MVP. MVP. MVP before that. The MVP is going to be done this month. Nice. So, Exciting. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're rolling it out. Um, I'm getting some good traction behind a couple of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think realistically the whole platform probably won't be up on maybe until July or something, you know, Perfect. August, something like that. So nice. th- I would love to have something you know, to at least go on from there. That'd be great. So, we'll have to have you back once it's all lunch. Absolutely, absolutely. This has been a very entertaining, yeah. very oh, wide-reaching conversation. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get you back on so we'll hear kind of uh, your progression because from what we love to hear is, is where you started at the accelerator, where you were at the end of it. Yeah. And, and, and to really, because I, I know Reset, they've gone through a lot of um, innovation around how they do that from when, when uh, myself and uh, our company was in it, you know, three years ago now, um, to where they are now, a lot has changed. So we want to hear about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe we can see it. Okay. Know, Absolutely, I'm going to be pitching um, in a month from now. Yeah, and then I'll be pitching at the Venture Showcase. So you guys come to the Venture Showcase? Uh, we'll be there. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Nice. All right, cool. Thanks, well, thank you for being on. And, Thanks, uh, Thanks. All right. All right. Uh, that's a wrap. <laughs> to the CT Startup Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or check out our webpage at ctstartup.com where you can find all our social media links. And please, please leave us your feedback. Special thanks to our production team, Kate Rupart, Dylan Gilliatt, and Kevin Dobis, as well as our equipment and marketing sponsor, Martha Kalina, LLP.